The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. There's nobody in my mind that, that came close to, to my Zayda, Rebbe Lamalach Tres, Mike Tres, et al. And there are so many, so many stories. But, but these are stories that when you hear them, they really move you. They really, they really, they're mechaev. They force you. They push you. I want to just share with you one amazing story that I heard from an uncle of mine who met an individual who is today, he's a Rosh Hashiva, he's a Rosh Hashiva in Eretz Yisrael. A real Rosh Hashiva, not just, you know, like in the books. He's a real Rosh Hashiva with a real Yeshiva. I know his name and I know his Yeshiva and I know who and I know what. And I even know some people who learned there. Fast, let, let, not fast forward. Let's go back. Let, let's turn back the clock a little bit. And we're talking about this was in the late 50s, early 60s, his story happened. And Mike Tress is walking down the street and he sees a young lady from a family that he knew and this young lady looked like something was desperately wrong. It was a Friday afternoon and something was desperately wrong. And he stopped her and he said to her, Miss so-and-so, tell me, what's the matter? You, you look terrible. What's the matter? What's, what's bothering you? She said to Mr. Tress, I'm done. I'm done. I'm giving up. I can't anymore. He says, what are you done with? What are you giving up? She says, Mr. Tress, you know, you know, you know that my parents are both very, very sick and they're incapable of working, okay? So they can't bring in a penny. I have brothers who go to yeshiva. I'm the one who pays the tuition. I work a job and every time I get a job, I lose the job because I keep Shabbos. I can't keep my brothers in yeshiva and keep a job because it's not possible. I keep on losing my job because of Shabbos. So either I pull him out of yeshiva or I work on Shabbos, but I'm done. I'm not going to do this anymore. He says to her, I hear, wow, that sounds terrible. Tell me something. Uh, what's, what is it that you do? She says, well, I'm a secretary. He says, really? And you just lost your job? She said, yeah. He says, and what are your skills? So she tells him she's very good. She types 150 words a minute, whatever she does. He says, I got to tell you, there's a God in this world. Bashert Mamish. Really? Bashert? How do you see Bashert? He says, I'm looking for a secretary in that good office. I'm down a secretary and I'm looking for a secretary. I can't believe it. Come to the office Monday morning. You have a job. You're going to be my secretary. Wonderful. I already have somebody, but I need more. Givaldi, I'm so glad that we met. You just made my Shabbos. Thank you so much. Really amazing. She comes to the office Monday morning. She comes to the desk. There's a lady sitting at the front desk and the lady says, can I help you? She says, yes, Mr. Tresser. No, he's not in yet. He'll be here very soon. Um, who are you? She says, I'm the new secretary. She says, you are? She says, yeah. Mr. Tress said, he hired me to be the new secretary. No, the secretary already knew, Mr. Tress, you don't ask any questions. So she said, oh, oh, okay, great, wonderful, excellent. Uh, Mr. Tress will be here very, very soon and he'll show you where you're going to be working. She looks around the office, she sees there's not another desk, there's no room there for anybody else. But maybe he has a plan for a different room. She's waiting there about 10-15 minutes, and she hears banging and clopping and knocking and banging, and she's wondering what's going on now. And after a little while, she sees Mr. Tress huffing and puffing, schlepping a desk up the stairs behind him. That's what all the banging was. And he's schlepping this desk, and he brings it into the room, and he says to the secretary, Hi! This lady, she's going to be our new secretary. Remember I was telling you I'm hiring somebody new? She's going to be the new one. And this is going to be her desk. And he plops the 
the, the desk down in the corner and gets her a chair, pulls the typewriter off of his desk and puts it on hers and says, Baruch Hashem, thank you Hashem that I found a new secretary that I needed so desperately. Um, she, kept, she kept this job for many years, kept her brothers in yeshiva, and as I said, the one that we heard this story from and verified it with was one of her brothers who was, who is today, Baruch Hashem, alive and well, fearing a beautiful yeshiva in Israel. Many people walked by that lady that day. Many, many people. And many people saw that sad face. Only one person took it to heart and said, what can I do? I'm sure others saw it and said, Nebuch, her parents are sick. Nebuch, so terrible. One person said, not so terrible. What can I do? Uh, how am I going to help? I don't know how I'm going to help. Mr. Trust didn't have a job. He didn't have a desk. He didn't have anything. But he knew he had to help another Jew. And that's our job. Our job is see the person's pain. Let's see that pain. Don't avert your eyes. Don't turn your head. It's not comfortable. Don't listen to those creaking sounds and go back to sleep. See what you can do. And then do it. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.